Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I am Pastor Katie here at First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm glad you could join me for this episode. This week, uh, I want to talk about something that uh, I've been encountering in various ways, and it's kind of hard to put your finger on it or name it, really, um, but something that we've been encountering in the church for a little while, and um, I'm going to do my best to kind of name it and talk about it as best I can. So I think part of what I'm wrestling with and what I'm encountering is... Um, the concept of community within the church. Uh, in particular, I think COVID really did a number on how we relate to each other in the church and how we build community and how we continue to sustain community um, when we're not necessarily all together. Or um, as in the case of our church, in the midst of COVID, there was also a pastoral transition that happened. Um, and so there's a disconnect between someone that you know and trust uh, to someone new, and how do you um, relate that? One of the things I've been encountering lately is kind of been a series of encounters with people who, um, for various reasons, often COVID-related, um, I have not had the opportunity to meet or to get to know in any real way. And oftentimes the conversations would start with something like, I've been meaning to talk to you for a long time, or I've been meaning to come, or I've been meaning to introduce myself, or I've had this need for a while and I don't know, I didn't know if I could talk to you about it. Um, and, and so much of that is um, relationship-based. So much of it is, uh, you are still a stranger to me, even though, you know, the reality is, is I've been here well over a year now, um, but in a lot of ways, um, I'm still new to the community I'm, of this church. I'm still new to the relationships. There's still a very real sense that for many of you, um, you've maybe heard me preach now for a while, but know very little about me other than that, or have had little opportunity um, to get to know me. Or if, if you've had, you're like, I don't know how, how to do that. Um, and, and it's weird and it's awkward. <laughs> um, and then I've also had some some situations where it, it, it is felt as though that people are keeping me at, at an arm's length as well, waiting to kind of see um, what might come uh, before they really open up to a new pastoral leader. But the idea of community is sort of central to who we are as Christians and as people. Um, one of the things that I learned very early on in my education is that uh, we were meant for community. Actually, one of the first uh, books on theology that I studied from was called Theology for the Community of God. And it's by Stanley Grenz. Um, and, and the whole concept is that, that we are meant to be in community. We are meant to be in relationship with one another. We are meant uh, to do our faith together. Uh, Stanley Grenz also wrote another book called Created for Community, Whoop. Uh, connecting Christian belief with Christian living. Again, this idea that we are meant to be together and that our faith cannot be lived out alone, but it's meant to be lived out 
in community, and in particular the community of the church, that that's part of uh, what we do. And I know that for many of you, you have good community within the church. I've, I've been blessed to hear stories of how this church has really come alongside you in difficult times and losses that you faced. And I know that right now there are people within our church that are being supported by the community of this church. Um, but what does that look like to to open that up to new people? What does that look like to um, put yourself out there for when new people come? And and how do we be the community for everyone in the church and not just the ones that we know or the ones that we like or um, the ones who were there with us when whatever it was that we went through happened? And I pulled out a bunch of books because I was, you know, contemplating on this topic and, and realizing that that it is an important topic within the life of the church that that there's a lot of books that I have that that really revolve around um, community and, and and finding a place to belong I think when we have new people come to the church so often what they are looking for is not necessarily a certain kind of worship service a certain kind of sermon um, a certain kind of way that people dress what they're looking for is a place that they can belong a place where they feel welcome and a place where they feel like um, God is going to meet them there and that God will use the people around them uh, to meet them and so uh, I guess one of the things I've been reflecting on as someone who is newer to the church and, and uh, granted I have a different role I'm very <laughs> public, I'm known to the people of the church, but I would say that I'm still in that process of becoming part of the community um, and my family as well, becoming really embraced by the community rather than just kind of a presence within it. One of my favorite authors of all time is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, I named my cat Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, we call him Dietrich. He wrote a book called Life Together, a discussion of Christian fellowship, all about um, how to how to live together as Christians, how to how to relate to one another, how to be a community of faith. Um, this is a great book by Miroslav Volf called Exclusion and Embrace. Uh, and it's about um, really how do we, again, relate to other people? How do we deal with the otherness of other people? And also reconciliation, which is a big part of community. Um, I've got Fellowship of Love, uh, uh, A Praying Congregation, Paul, The Spirit and the People of God. I've got... Uh, just all kinds of books. Better Together is a new one that I just got. You might have seen me pull this up in a different podcast. Again, looking at how our community of faith can affect our community here in Yankton. Um, but I think part of part of living into the community, we just went through the book of Acts where we saw how the early Christians lived in community, how they really were invested and involved in each other's lives. And I think COVID has really challenged some of that because uh, it has made it possible for us to feel connected um, to the worship of the church or to the activities of the church without really uh, being invested or involved uh, in the lives of each other. Um, and so I, I, I want to put that out there. I want to name that, that that's, I think, a reality of where we are is that 
people are feeling the disconnection, but they're not sure how to overcome it um, because some of that takes vulnerability and some of that takes um, the willingness to put yourself out there uh, to um, make yourself known as well as uh, trying to know someone else. Um, and that can be really tough and really hard. And I, But I think the other piece of why it's so important that we live in the community of faith and that we are together living out our faith is because we need one another. Uh, and I would say for two primary purposes. Uh, and the first is, is for encouragement. As I mentioned, we have people in our church right now who are grieving the loss of, of their loved ones. And part of our role as the church is to love and support them and to make them feel as though they are not alone in this because they aren't, that we are here for them. It reminds me, I would say probably the best image I have ever come across in scripture for the church is in the gospels and Jesus is teaching in a house and uh, the crowd is so packed into the house and they're, they're standing outside and there's a gentleman who uh, has no use of his legs and he's laying on a mat and he wants to get in. He wants to be healed by Jesus, but he has no way to make it through the crowd. And so four of his friends pick up the mat and carry him up onto the roof of the house, cut a hole in the roof and lower him in front of Jesus. And Jesus says, it is because of their faith that I will heal you. Now, Jesus also says, I'll forgive your sins. And then that goes into a whole big thing about whether or not he can forgive sins. And he says, so, you know, just so that you believe me that I can do this, get up and walk, which he does. But the part that I want to focus on is that he says, because of their faith. Because of the faith of the four people who took up your mat, who brought you to me, who had faith on your behalf to say, not only do we believe you can be healed and we see that you want it, uh, we're going to help make it happen. To me, that is the core of Christian community. That's what it looks like to be the church together. Um, that when someone is in need, that we are the ones to help carry them. And there are seasons of life where, where we are the ones on the mat, when we are the ones in need, when we, as desperately as we want to be close to Jesus, can't get ourselves there. And, and that might look for a variety of reasons. And it could look like mental health reasons, like depression, or it could look like going through a serious trauma or illness or injury or uh, you name it. <coughs> but I think the goal and the purpose of the church in those times is to surround that person and to say, I see you struggling. I see that you are in need. I see that you desire Jesus and we're gonna help make that happen. We're gonna carry you in this time. We're gonna lay you at the feet of Jesus. And because of our faith together, we're gonna have the faith that you need. I think that's a beautiful image. And I think that's what we see so often when we have someone in need within the church, if we are aware of it, is that the church will rally. The church will come around and love and support them. And that looks like a variety of things. That looks like prayer. That looks like um, making meals. That looks like giving rides. That looks like um, perhaps paying off bills that we're able to pay. That looks like a variety of things. That, that covers that gap between that person and, and the thing that they need and really 
bridges the gap between that person and their experience of God in that moment. That we become the hands and feet of Jesus, that we are, are the avenue which God's grace is extended to that person. So sometimes we are the person on the mat. Sometimes we are the one who is in need of, of help, who is in need of um, grace, who is in need of uh, support and love. And we as the church have to be paying attention to that. We have to be connected enough with our people to, to recognize when that need is there. And I think that's becoming increasingly difficult. We become very private. Uh, it's very vulnerable to let the church know if things are happening in your life. Uh, you know, so often I talk about the fact that I, I have many prayer requests that come to me that are not, um, that they don't want to be public. And, and I respect that and obviously hold to that as best I can, um, which is not that hard to do. <laughs> I can do that, but, um, but what would it look like to be a community where people can be real and people can can uh, have have their needs known and and met? Um, you know, I've been challenged lately to to be able to speak what it is that I need to speak what it is that um, you know I hope and and desire for this community and and how we relate to it. Um, so what does that look like for us to to share those things with each other and not just with the one or two people that we know the best, but to um, to find ways to create an atmosphere and create a culture within our church where um, people can be vulnerable, people can be real, people can share what's really going on and not be met with judgment or hostility, but be met with grace and be met with understanding and support and love. Um, the other side, so I think that's one side. One side is that we are on the mat and that we are also always called to be people that are carrying that mat. Sometimes it's our turn to be carried. Sometimes it's our turn to carry. I think that's that's part of kind of the life of the church. And sometimes um, people will come into the church because they're in a season of need and the church can meet that need but maybe they never really transition over to now it's my turn to be able to, to reciprocate and to be able to do that for someone else to kind of pay forward that blessing that I've been paid. Um, and, and so I would say that that's part of our discipleship is growing in that and, and recognizing that sometimes we're on the receiving end and sometimes we're called to be on the giving end. And actually more often than not, we're called to be on the giving end. Uh, to, to give of ourselves, of our time, of our resources uh, for each other. Uh, but the other side, I would say, of community. So one side is encouragement. One side is that really carrying the mat for people. And the other side is accountability. Um, it's really easy when we're on our own uh, to fashion our religion into <laughs> whatever it is we want it to be. Uh, and it can be really easy. There was a uh, philosopher and theologian named uh, Friedrich Schleiermacher. I just like saying that name. It's a fun name. And he, he said that we as humanity have a tendency to make God in our own image. Uh, I, I've seen elsewhere that, you know, people say that if God agrees with everything that you, you agree with, or if God hates everyone that you hate, 
then it's probably not God that you're worshiping, but but your own reflection. Um, and so the community of faith is is part of that accountability of um, that if we're starting to get off track, if we're starting to behave in ways that are contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ, if we're starting to um, treat people in a way that is contrary to um, a life devoted to love and grace, uh, if we're um, if we're spouting off things that are that are hate-filled, um, that we have a community together that that can help us in love, that can help guide and correct us uh, and hold us accountable to that which we have vowed to be a part of. Um, that's a really difficult piece, and that's a especially difficult piece if we are not in relationship with one another, because any sort of correction, any sort of accountability without relationship feels like judgment, and probably in some ways is judgment. Um, in order to really be able to offer and receive accountability, we, we need to know first that there is a relationship based on love there, um, and based on mutual understanding and mutual uh, caring and support. But part of part of being the community is is saying together, this is what we care about, this is who we are, this is how we're going to be in the world, and, and to be a part of this community is to uphold these things. And, and when we're not doing that, um, that all of us together are working toward that and, and helping to uh, encourage and, and guide and correct each other. Uh, you know, we as Methodists believe that we are going on to perfection through the work of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is meant to work in community. It's meant to, it dwells within each of us, but it's also meant to be uh, something lived out together. Um, that the Holy Spirit in me is working with the Holy Spirit in you. Um, and that, that, that is part of our growth together. And it's not just the pastor's job to do that. It's not just the leadership's job to do that. It's all of our jobs to be in relationship with one another, to love and care for one another, to invest in one another, and then to lovingly, lovingly guide uh, and, and correct one another in our discipleship as needed. And the reality is all of us make mistakes. All of us <laughs> uh, veer to the left or to the right at different times for different reasons. But can the church be a place where we can go and know that um, wherever I am, whatever mistakes I have made, whatever choices I have made, whatever things I have said or done, that if I truly repent, that I will be accepted, that that nobody else in the pews is perfect, just as I am not perfect, that we all belong here together and are working on this together, that this is a group of imperfect people who worship a perfect God, that this is a group of people who uh, are doing their best to love and serve each other, that are, that are striving toward the same goals. When I was uh, uh, doing CrossFit, um, I very much felt like <laughs> of all the people that were there, you know, if CrossFit were a church, um, everyone else was way closer to the ideal than I was. <laughs> I felt like the biggest sinner. If you can, if you can, if I can put it in those terms, I wasn't, but I would, I would say quite literally, I was the biggest person there. Um, and, and I couldn't hide that fact. I couldn't, I, I walked into that gym every time I walked in, 
kind of having to advertise the fact that this wasn't something I was good at, that this, that I had made mistakes in my life, that I had made choices that took me away from my health. Um, uh, but what was so wonderful about that gym and that community is that no one ever uh, felt the need to point that out to me. <laughs> like Obviously, I know. Um, and, and their job was to encourage me. Their job was to push me to do better, to push me to try harder, to try things that I would never believe that I could do. Um, and it was through that that I was able to grow. It was through that that I was able to begin to accomplish goals that I never believed possible for me. It was through that that I did my first box jump ever, which was a really big deal for me. Um, and I feel that that is the same kind of community that we should have in the church. This understanding that none of us are perfect, but together we're working towards something. We're working, we have a similar goal, we have a similar uh, way of looking at the world, we have a similar mindset, and that we know that together we can do more than we can do individually. There were times when I walked into that gym though and I would be like, I just... I'm in a bad attitude and I can't do anything and this is hard and this is stupid. And, and, and my friends would come up to me and say, you know what, I totally understand that feeling, but I'm going to encourage you to change your attitude. I'm going to encourage you to try today. I'm going to encourage you to not get stuck in the negative, but to find something that you can do. And so again, they're coming at me, not in a sense of judgment, but in a sense of, I'm going to encourage you to try something, to, to get out of this funk, <laughs> to get out of this mindset that's holding you back. What would it look like for us to do that as the church? What would it look like for us to reach out when we have new people come? And, and to really, what does it look like to, to be hospitable to them, to make them feel like this is a place for them, that no matter where you're coming from, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of baggage you bring into the church, that this is a church where you can find a home and that you can find people who will love and care about you. I don't want to be a church that holds people at arm's length. I don't want to be a church that takes years for people to be brought into the fold. I want this to be a church where when people come, they encounter Jesus. And not only do they encounter Jesus, but they encounter the Holy Spirit through us, through the church, through the people of the church. That people come and they can be seen. They can be seen for who they really are and accepted, but also not expected to stay there. But to say, we are here for you, to support you, to love you, and to help deepen your relationship with God and your discipleship to Jesus Christ. That you do not have to do this on your own. And that there will be days where you're going to take two to four to eight to ten steps backward and you're still going to have a place here. That you do not have to prove yourself to us before we will open ourselves to you. That you have a place by virtue of who you are as a beloved child of God. I truly believe that the church is for everybody. That every single person that we see walking down the street, every single person that we encounter when we go grocery shopping, when we go out to eat, when we go to sporting events, every single person has been created and beloved by God. And that we are also called to love them as they are. And it might mean they don't understand 
what's going on in our church. They might mean that they don't understand kind of the lingo or, or what is happening during the worship service or how things function, and that's okay. How do we be the church that welcomes them into this community, that takes them by the hand and says, let me, let me sit with you. Let me walk you through this. Let me be your friend and your guide in this process because you are not alone. You are welcomed here. You are wanted here. You have a place here. Why don't you come with me to my Bible study? Why don't you come with me to youth group? Why don't you come with me to 605? I want you to know that this church loves you. We don't know you yet, but we already love you. How do we as a church live that out? How do we open ourselves up to new people, to new ideas, to new ways of doing things, and to things that might be challenging to us, things that might threaten something that we love or have loved? a beloved tradition, a way of doing things? How can we put that aside for the sake of others to come to know Christ? Because at the end of the day, what is our purpose here? Is our purpose to create a clubhouse for the right people with the right credentials and the right behaviors and the right uh, clothes and the right amount in their checkbooks to feel like they belong where others cannot? Or is this a place where all can belong? Where all can find value and meaning and, and know deep within themselves that they are beloved children of God and that this is for them and that this church and God's grace and what Christ has done is meant for them, that they are meant to be here that they are meant to be a part of a community, that they are meant to belong. Because for so many people, they feel like they don't. And for as disconnected as we have felt during COVID, and this is a church that has a strong community, and so for even those of uh, you that, that have that experience to feel disconnected, imagine what it has been for those without that. How much they long for that, how much they desire to be known, how much they desire to be seen, how much they desire to have someone come along and say, what do you need? What do you want? What can I do for you? I see you. You have value. And I want to make sure that you know that. That's the kind of church I want to be. And I'll be honest that, that, uh, I would love to get to know so many of you more than I have. I would love to sit down with you, have coffee with you, go out to lunch, or just visit. I know for many of you, you have concerns and thoughts in your hearts and minds. Don't be afraid to share those with me. Don't be afraid to tell me what, what it is that you're thinking or feeling. I would like to know, because I would like to know you. I would, I would like to know who you are. I would like to know what it is that you desire, what it is that brings you here, what it is that you need to move in your discipleship. I want to know all these things. What makes you happy? What makes you tick? What ticks you off? <laughs> I would like to know. And if I'm being completely honest, I'd also like to be known. 
I'd like my family to be known. And I know that I'm not the only one who feels that way. So my challenge to you today is step outside of the group that you know. Find someone that maybe hasn't connected yet and find a way to welcome them into the body of Christ. And there might be someone that has been sitting in the pew for a while, or it might be someone brand new. But it's important that we continue to build up this community of faith, that it's not just loose acquaintances, but that we are people that are invested in one another, that we are people that are willing to support and carry one another, that we are people who are willing to rejoice with one another and love one another, and that we are people who are always ready and open to invite the next person in. I hope you join me in that. I'm going to switch gears really quick just to say this week is our charge conference week. We are going, that's Thursday night here at 630. If you're a member of the church, we do invite you to come. Uh, we do have our big vote on our governance change that night. And so, and also to be hearing from our district superintendent, Rebecca Trebs, especially on kind of the future of the global United Methodist Church. Um, and I know for some of you that that, that would be really interesting to hear from her. Um, she uh, is very knowledgeable. Um, and so I think that'll be a really good piece, as well as welcoming and being hospitable to our friends of Vermillion. And then also just to be aware that again, on the 27th of October, that's a Wednesday, we are doing trunk or treat in our parking lot. All are welcome and encouraged to decorate your vehicles, to come and hand out candy and support our children and our youth as they um, get to have some fun and fellowship because that's an, another important piece of community is to have fun together. And so I hope, excuse me, I hope that uh, I've given you some things to think about, that I've given you a challenge um, and I'd love to visit with you more about it. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Going On, a video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Sundays, and we have two options available. 9 a.m. is our contemporary service, and 10.30 a.m. is our traditional service. You can find those online as well at our website, www.firstumcyankton.org, or on YouTube. 